talk plus that's right folks we've now transcended genre boundaries and sometimes cover other horror other movies i i'm so used to saying horror movies i can't get myself to stop saying horror in front of movies we're a place for horror movie lovers but the plus tells you that we also welcome genre curious and genre allies so make sure you rate and review and subscribe on itunes full video available on youtube don't be a square make sure to share Check us out on patreon.com slash horror movie talk. It's the equivalent of the beaded curtain section in your video rental store. If you want to add your pee to the community pool, go to horrormovietalk.com and find all the links to our socials or call 682-253-4468 to leave us a voicemail. As always, we have Fart Simpson crammed into the production booth. I'm Bryce and across from me sits two handsome young boys island boy david day and i can't think of a moniker max <laughs> yeah he's the I'm, hoe i'm the hoe yeah, yeah. he the hoe max um we got a great show for you today uh this one was selected by our patrons and voted uh we're covering willie's wonderland <laughs> We'll start off by giving a brief review on our score for the film. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And then later on, we'll be doing taglines. Um, so, yeah, Willy's Wonderland. This is one that kind of squeaked past us when it was a new release uh, starring Nick Cage. It's on Hulu right now. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it's going to be when you the listener hears this, but it'll probably be on Hulu for a little while. Uh, Willie's Wonderland follows a nameless cool guy in sunglasses played by Nick Cage as he stumbles into an intricate and deadly trap involving a defunct family restaurant. When he needs to pay for repairs for his bitch and Camaro, he is offered an overnight janitor job at Willie's Wonderland, an off-brand Chuck E. Cheese inhabited only by creepy animatronic puppets. In no time, these creepy animatronics attack Nick Cage, and he has to fight them off between soda breaks. Uh, going into this film, the consensus that I heard was that it's pretty much exactly what you expect, dumb, uh, with Nick Cage fighting animatronics. And that is what it is. Uh, dumb? Yeah. The <laughs> one thing that might be surprising is that Nick Cage has zero dialogue. Uh, all of his acting is done through stoic, hardened gazes and impromptu pinball celebration dances. Even without dialogue, Cage is really the only enjoyable part of this movie. Everything else feels like low effort filler. 
the one hour, 20 minute runtime feels like four hours at times. Uh, it is very, 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 very repetitive. Uh, once Nick Cage is in the restaurant, it alternates between one-on-one -on -one attacks and soda breaks. The only change up comes from um, some, you know, meddling teens that appear, which exist as horror movie teen fodder for uh, the electronics to actually kill because Nick Cage is unstoppable. Like he, he doesn't barely get hurt ever in the movie. There's no like conflict between him and the animatronics. It's like basically, um, you know, he's the unstoppable force and the immovable object. And he's just put inside the, you know, the, the store to, uh, handle these animatronics and we're just waiting until he gets done with it pretty much for the, for the, for the film. The other part, uh, that Axis filler is the actual backstory of the place, which is explained through very ham fisted, uh, expositional dialogue, um, where it's like, okay, now we're going to explain what's going on. This character walks in and says, here's the backstory. All right, let's move on to Nick Cage fighting another animatronic. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's the, uh, what goes on. The most disappointing aspect of the movie is that the fight scenes seem so low effort and that they all seem nearly identical. Uh, they make like a little Ugh. effort to differentiate Ugh. the animatronics, but it's really like they're different animals and have like slight one has like a personality, I guess the rest maybe two have an actual personality that comes through. Um, and the rest of it's just like, it's just shaky cam fight sequences with Nick cage beating up an animatronic. And that's, that's it. You know, that the, in terms <laughs> wow. of the fight sequences, uh, it's not a great movie. Uh, it is an interesting oddity. Like I, it is in terms of like the Nick cage filmography, uh, which has a lot of oddities and weirdness in it. It stands uh, firmly in place as its own thing. Uh, I just wish that the filmmakers went further than just the surface level novelty of the premise, and they just don't. Um, I give it a score of three out of 10. I, okay. Now I haven't seen this thing. Um, I qu I quit horror movies if you didn't know. Uh that's why we got the plus. But anywho, um listening to this sounds it sounds nuts. He just f has the same fight with mildly different animatronics over and over and over again? Yeah. And he basically beats them handily. Like it's not, it's not even it's not even really a fight for Nick Cage. Is there is there a peak or a, a climax to the thing? No. No. I'm so interested. Okay, okay. It Max, goes you until the until it ends, basically. Okay, Max, you uh you watched this thing. What did you think of it? Listen, is it a good movie? <laughs> no. Is it an amazing movie? Yeah, it is. Um Nick Cage is basically the if this this is basically a slasher film, but Nick Cage is the slasher. Hmm. And 
he is just pummeling these animatronics um, so easily. Just bam, bam, they're down. Just it's not even a contest. And so um, for that, I thought it was hilarious and, and very enjoyable. Yeah, there's even a line at the end of the movie with the with the uh, one of the teen actresses. And she's like, you don't understand. He's not locked in there with the animatronics. The animatronics are locked in there with him. Like, okay, that is probably the peak of quality of the of the script, by the way. Um, So he doesn't talk at all. No, not a single word. It's all. A mute performance, which, okay. The, I mean, like Does I said, he go, hiya, or, uh, huh. he does some screams, <laughs> you okay. know? Um, I mean, it's like, uh, the original Terminator, you know, like it's, it's very much like it's an imposing character, you know, badass. Um, and honestly, I think that the reason why Nick Cage would even do it is that specific reason is that he is very heavily influenced by silent film acting. And like, I think he just liked the idea of, of doing performance purely through his face. Um, and, uh, and that is the best part of the movie in the highest quality. It's one of those things where it's like, you put someone in that, the hat that has that amount of skill and it, pulls up the quality of the movie so much, but it, it can't pull it out of still being bad, you know? Mm. Okay. So Max, you thought it was pretty, what do you, what is your score for it? I'm going to give it like a seven out of 10. I God. had a great time during this movie. <laughs> okay. Justify yourself. Attack Bryce with your opinions. Um, there are multiple points in this movie where I laughed out loud. Um, and it's all just because of what Nick Cage does. There are just these moments where he is so undeniably funny, even without speaking, that it just it. And I've been watching so many horror movies lately that I just don't care about. It's like it's gotten to the point where <laughs> I, you know, I was texting David and I was like, I, I think you were right. I think I think we need, all need to just let go of horror movies because there's so many bad ones and they're not fun most of the time and i don't know i had i had fun with this one so interesting okay so all right so um this came out in 2021 um it's not really rated um it has no rating but uh you know what else nick cage did in 2021 have you guys either you guys seen pig yes max have you seen pig never finished it all right um and why why is that? You just fell asleep or something? Um, yeah, I'll frequently start a horror movie, and then if it doesn't grab my attention in the first like ten or twenty minutes, I'll turn it off. Pig, not really a horror movie. Nevertheless, a movie uh, with Nick Cage in it, um, touching, moving, um, delicious, sad, and profoundly sad, profoundly sad. Okay, so Bryce, you've seen Pig and Willy's Wonderland now. Uh, of the two 2021 um, releases involving Nick Cage, which is the stronger film? <laughs> Pig. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, Pig is probably, I mean, for me, it's in contention with 
Nick Cage's best performance in his whole career. Like that. It's I mean, great. the fact that he he has maintained the range of movies. Like Nick Cage has always been this guy that will be able to come out of the blue and be like, hey, remember how good of an actor I am? And he'll just make a crushing movie yeah. of like profound quality and then he'll also make the shittiest yeah. like low budget um you know cash grab and he he still does that pretty consistently so um yeah i mean he's he's the shining spot in it like he's it's he is undeniably entertaining to watch like his performance even without dialogue um and that's like the detriment is that it's not just that yeah <laughs> they have the rest of the movie around it um so i, I don't know the there i am curious have either of you because he released three movies in 2021 and all of them were met with like a big kind of hubbub this was he kind of the the year that really nick cage did a lot of stuff and the the third one is uh prisoners of the ghostland have either of you seen that mm -mm. No. Okay. I'd be interested to hear if if uh if anybody listening has uh seen Prisoners of the Ghostland and has a strong opinion about it, let us know. Um over on our YouTube channel over there. Anyway, um wow. Uh, this sounds like an in truly insane movie. Uh we got a 7 and we got a 3 out of 10. We have varying opinions. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those like I'll admit like I did not this is one of those where I'm sure environmental factors affected it because I was pretty tired when I watched it. Um but it's one of those movies where you read the premise or someone describes it to you. You're like, that sounds amazing. And it can either be like amazing and use that premise to launch into like a genuinely unique and interesting movie. Or it can just be like, yeah, we didn't think of it too far over the premise. And right. this is kind of the latter for me where it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, just try a little harder. I, and I think, like, uh, if you look at the people that made this film, like, it's basically their first thing. Like, this is, like, as close to, um, you know, uh, an independent, you know, first first feature for both the director and the writer. Um, the director had some stuff in like the nineties or two thousands, but this is the first movie he's had in like 15 years and none of the other movies you've heard of. And the, the, my favorite factoid for it was the writer has one other writing credit. There um, will be blood. He wrote for one episode of shark week. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting given that this is a, a kind of a, a a freshman venture for a lot of people. Considering number one, they got Cage on it, and number two, it generated a lot of buzz. Like I remember mm -hmm. this being one of the talked about movies of that year. Um, you know, well, I mean, and, there and, was there was a lot of like 
I mean, there's like, what is the Friday night at Freddy's? Like there's a couple horror games that really- Five nights. Five yeah, nights yeah. Of- I was thinking this sounds like this sounds like a, kind of an attempt to capitalize on the popularity of Five Nights at Freddy's. Right. Is that fair? Yeah. And wow. um, it did that. It, it got all the buzz. It captured all the buzz that I'm sure when they come out with the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, it, people are going to be like, oh yeah, they already did this movie. Um, but you know, whatever I, I, it's, it's hard to recommend it, um, personally just cause it was so slow and repetitive, but it, it does have novelty. It is amusing. Um, and it's something that like, this would be a good one. I, didn't we have someone or I was watching an interview recently or something, something where it's like, there's an art form to leaving a movie running at a party. This would be a great movie to have just running in the background at a party yeah. just because just bonkers shit happens every once in a while. Anyways, speaking of bonkers, bonkers shit, if you're listening to bonkers commercials, you should know you don't have to go to our Patreon and uh, sign up to get the uh, early access episodes without commercials. You just don't even need to listen to them anymore. Uh, we also got a shop at horrormovietalk.com slash shop. You can buy logo tees like Max is modeling right now. Um, you can support us there and also support our resident artist, Dustin Goebel, who's a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artworks, artwork. Uh, so reach out to him on Instagram at dgoebel00. That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. And make your artistic dreams come true. If you want to leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Thanks. Let's get into spoilers. Okay. So this was a patron pick, right? This was a patron pick. Uh, I believe it was Bird, um, this Bird that picked it, or Drib on Instagram. Is that right? Yeah, uh, yeah, something. I'll, I'll I'll get that and get back to you. Yeah, uh, every every month we we have um, you know we have a vote. Uh, it's coming up in a couple of days here. Actually, uh, by the time uh, by the time this airs, we'll be in the middle of suggestions uh, over on Patreon, where patrons can uh, patrons of a certain level can make suggestions, uh, and then once the suggestions are in, then we have a vote on which movie to review. And um, there was there was no bad choices uh, this month, um, except apparently, um, according to Bryce, uh, this one. Um, uh, let's see, let's see what the, uh, what the, the big hubbub was for April. It was, here was our list of things being voted on from beyond. I think that's 1981 pulp fiction incident in a ghost land. Oh, whoa. You got reanimator fire walk with me, brain damage, chopping mall, which I was kind of rooting for. Um, Suspiria from 77, No One Sleeps in the Woods, Fall, which I'm excited about from 2022, Beetlejuice, which nearly won, and then Willie's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was. And Willie's Wonderland took off in the end there. Yeah. I think what happens now is like people vote on what they 
picked and then they see like the two or three yeah. leaders and they're like, yeah, I guess I'll pick one of those Get instead. Get on board with one of these. Um, yeah. It's um, it's one of those that, that like, yeah, I think we'd have to be forced to watch it because it's one of those that slipped by and it didn't have a big enough reason for me to come back to. Um, God damn, this was one of those movies where I I remember looking down at my watch or looking oh, at no. the time on my phone and it was like um 10:14 and I was like okay and you know it's like it's like one of those things where you like you don't want to pause it cuz you don't want to see how far it is into the movie but you're like well I'll just check the time and then I sat and I watched you know, the next like five scenes and it felt like an eternity. And I was like, Oh God, it got through another fight scene. It had like some more dialogue. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, all right, we must be like closer to 11 by now. Check my watch. 10, 18, four minutes had passed. And I was like, God damn it. (laughs) I was like, Oh, it's just one of those movies for me where it just, it was such a drag to get through because I think partially, well, number one reason is that I was tired and I didn't really feel like watching it at the time. That's the number one reason. But the second reason is like movies that I can already tell where it's going. And I'm like, okay, well, I already know what the end of this movie is. Like I, you've already established the formula in what you're in, what you're setting. Like, I'm just waiting for the end to happen now. Like that is what's so painful. And there's nothing that they throw into the mix. There's like no shaking up moment that is effective at all. I mean, they kind of, you know, shake it up by introducing, introducing these teens into it and be like, Oh, well maybe something will change now. And it's like, and then the animatronics are like out of the way you, they just kill all the teens. And then it's back to like what it was for the, first half of the movie um so i don't know for me it just dragged on for so long and it was only an hour 20 minutes it's like nothing how do you respond to that max defend yourself i i think the mood i was in definitely contributed because i had just gotten off work um and i convinced my wife to watch the movie with me which she never wants to watch movies with me and so i was pumped going in and um, every time Nick Cage pulled out another soda pop, I was just <laughs> laughing so hard. So, yeah, <laughs> they definitely could have cut out a lot of stuff, though. I mean, everything to do with the teens, even everything to do with like the townspeople and the sheriff, like didn't need to be there. If you just put Nick Cage in the building and just watched him fight animatronics for a little while, that would have been enough for me for sure. Yeah, I mean, well, it, what's funny is like, yeah, the teens and the the sheriff and the exposition is like literally that's the only part of the movie. That's an actual movie. The rest of it is literally just seeing Nick Cage fight animatronics. And like, um, and I, I watched and I was like, this would work. The, the better format for this would be just shorts, uh, like a series of shorts on social media of just Nick Cage, fighting the animatronics and not like really giving any information about why 
or what's happening or why he's doing it. It's like, if you're really just coming to see Nick Cage kind of, you know, ham it up without dialogue and fight animatronics, like you could have just made it that, but yeah. Um, it starts out with like the kind of a generic intro scene where a family is in this, you know, Willie's Wonderland, and then they're attacked, but you don't see anything. They're literally just invisible monsters that attack them, which is kind of weird. It's like the filmmakers were like, well, we can't show what the villain is yet because we're slow rolling it that they're going to be evil animatronics, even though it's the most obvious thing and that's what all the marketing is about. Uh, We can't show the animatronics yet. So instead of like doing an artful like POV or something, it was literally just like, no, it looks like the family is being attacked by invisible monsters that tear them apart, Um, which was a weird choice. Um, Okay. Um, Quick question. I have a feeling – uh, that, um, that Bryce, you're like me and you got missed by the whole five nights at Freddy, uh, craze. Is that, uh, am yeah. I uh, correct in assuming that? Okay. Um, Max, did, did you, did that craze, that five nights at Freddy craze hit you at all? I played it a little bit, um, when I was like 13, I think that's when it came out around when I was that young. So, um, I played it. I never finished it. It wasn't something I was playing a lot, um, but I got the idea of it. But I don't know if you guys know about the the marketing for Five Nights at Freddy's or like what they've done since they've put out the game, but it's kind of ridiculous. They have taken capitalism and they've turned it up 110%. It's like they have figurines at the store and it's like, this is Freddy, but he, uh, it's the Shamrock Freddy for um, for you know the holidays, and then they, they'll do another Freddy, and he looks like Santa Claus. Like they just have a million figurines at the store. They have like ten games out or something like that. Um, it's insane. And what I mean, okay, so you say at the store, but where? Like I've n- I've never caught any of this shit. Bryce, have you seen this? I never leave my house. True. Well, I I work with. Are kids we talking like Target here? Are we them, talking like Spencer's? Target, Walmart. Yeah, um, I work with kids, and they often want to go to the store to look at the toys. And um, I'm just staring at this Five Nights at Freddy's doll the entire time because it's like, <laughs> how do these exist? I never hear about Five Nights at Freddy's anymore. Yet it's all over Walmart. And walk me through the game a little bit, if you can recall. Yeah, so you um you're a security guard. So you're sitting in the room with the security, you know, the screens, you're looking at all the rooms and there's these animatronics. So it's literally this the premise of this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or the, the premise of this movie is literally Five Nights at Freddy's. Sure, yeah. And Close. The, the animatronics start, you know, moving. Nick Cage is a janitor, not a security guard. That's the difference. It's true. So, okay, so the so your security guard Think you, you're looking at security cameras, things start moving, and then what? You got to hit buttons in a certain order to prevent. Yeah. You can hit okay. buttons to like close certain doors, um, you know, turn on and off lights in certain areas so you can see things better. Um, 
Yeah, they added other stuff, but I don't really I didn't really keep up with all the stuff they were adding. Um, basically, you're just trying to keep them away from your door, right? They're they're trying to get to your door slowly and you don't ever like see them move. But you see mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're in a different position or all of a sudden they're in a different room. So that's kind of the idea. This is how it starts. This is how old creeps in on you when you're having you know somebody else explain the thing from 10 years ago, the thing that was cool from 10 years ago to you and you're like you want to keep them away from all the doors and they're like no just your door and you're like mm, go on going mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then before you know it you're just like you know you're you're, t- you're talking about brazil nuts in a totally inappropriate way in front of your family and uh at, at you know the thanksgiving go on, dinner go on and- more about these brazil nuts yeah no there's a there's a my grandma would always inappropriate call them not the right thing at the dinner table on like family get togethers. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, grandma, you can't say that. And she'd be like, what, what? She'd be like, every time she'd be like, what are you talking? What? That's what they're called. And you'd be like, but you knew what I was talking about when I said Brazil nuts. Right. And she's like the N word. And you're like, no. Yeah. So this is how it starts. This is our descent into old. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I I just saw on on uh, what was it on TikTok? Someone posted like an old, um, this I think the title was like, "Man, these uh, PSAs from the '90s were wild," and it was like a PSA that was uh, had this mentally handicapped person talk about how they got on the job training and and like are able to contribute to society and they're happy and stuff i remember that was a goodwill commercial right it wasn't a goodwill commercial this was for like the um goodwill never shut that off they could still do that it was like no this one was for a non-profit that was named um it was something to the effect of um you know, society for retarded adults or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like all everyone on TikTok was like, whoa, whoa, calm down. Whoa. I'm like, no, that's that was the appropriate word yeah. to call mentally I don't even know. I can't keep track. Mentally handicapped. Whoa. Uh, hey, mental, whoa. Men, uh, neurodivergent oh, people. Oh, um, what is it, Max? Canceled. You're in the know. No, you just. I don't can't say ask it. you. You're in Idaho. You just, they don't give a shit over there either. <laughs> they're just people, Bryce. We call them people. But yeah, I mean, it used to be that that was the appropriate term. Um, yeah. To to call them, um, and honestly, like I've talked about this in the past, but if you want to go on a a fascinating journey through Wikipedia. Um, or just like look at the the etymology of of words um that is consistently what happens with any word that you use to appropriately describe uh the group of people that are mentally um we can't say handicapped what what's what's the word god damn it whoa whoa well, I think it's because those words slowly start being used in slang, right? Well, you yeah. Know, so it's... what happens is like you – yeah, you have it – you label the people with you know, mental difficulties a word and then people uh, – let's be honest, uh, guys, 
are like, what are you? And then they use that word. What are you, a gay something? And what so you like you gay? go, you go back through it and there's like this, I, I got a diagram. It's like, okay, this is the normal usage. And then there's like super offensive usage. Like you can't say that anymore. And then eventually the the use comes back as like, oh, that's just it's just gay. The word we describe to for dumb people, and then the offensive one has been replaced by the next one that was so uh, retarded used to be oh, acceptable. It's and coming now it's, back, baby. It's coming it's, back. It's coming back. We're waiting for it. Um, before now that, we it just was like, now we just don't talk about it anymore. We just don't talk about them. You know, just just leave them yeah, out. Or there's like, I mean, ever. So like the the words idiot um, or moron or um, I can't remember what the other ones were, but all of those were like imbecile, imbecile. They were specific, like diagnostic psychology words that fell out. And And then then, and then after a little while, we're like, no, that's retarded. And then (laughs) David. David. That's what that's what we did say back then. We said that. Yeah. You know? So anyways. Um, uh, okay. Well, this this goes to, to my point. Let's get back to the movie. This is the great way to tie in this movie because my headcanon for this movie is that... Okay. So Nick Cage's character is just badass. Like, that's like what you come across is he's got the sunglasses. He's like moody. He doesn't say a word. And everyone's like, you know, working around him. Like, oh, I guess he's just a mysterious stranger, you know. Like in um, Mandy? Yeah, like in Mandy. Yeah. My headcanon is that the portrayal of this janitor character is what he th- thinks he looks like. Like, he genuinely thinks, like, I'm this guy. And um, my headcanon is, is actually... Uh, in reality, he's severely mentally retarded and these people are taking advantage of him. So instead of just like the cool guy in the leather jacket and, and you know, sunglasses, just like. <laughs> no, they were doing that on purpose. Say head cannon again and I'm going to lump you in on that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were trying to get him to seem either autistic or maybe Whoa. OCD. I yeah. there there was like signs of both in his character. Right, but what I, might I like those be. <laughs> I like the my conception of like in reality, like you would just replace him with a full on like um, neurodivergent you know, Down syndrome. Whoa, like heavily autistic person that's just like like okay, we're gonna put put him in like okay, you know. Whoa. Oh, you don't you don't have money, buddy? Okay, well, what if we helped you uh, work it off? But you can you can clean. Here's where you find the cleaning supplies, and here you got everything you need. We got a shirt for you. Oh, no. You want to wear this shirt oh, while you work? No. Oh no, Bryce. and like, what are you doing? He's like, uh huh. Uh-huh. But in the movie, was in it? his head, he's like, what was that? Life goes on show with Corky. His life right. goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that show. I really did. Anyways, that's the, that's my headcanon. I think that's if you rewatch it, that will be a way an enjoyable way to rewatch it. Just imagine that it's you know, 
Anyway. Dude, Corky is still alive. Chris Burke, who played Corky in uh, in Life Goes On, is still alive at the age of 57, which I don't know if you know this about uh, people with Down syndrome, but uh, they do not live a long life. Uh, that is a – that is a – in my head canon, that's a thing that goes along with uh, – with Down syndrome, and uh, so fifty-seven years old, man, he's doing pretty good too. He looks good. Yeah, he was on Oprah. Um, sorry, Max, I didn't mean to cut you off on your on your analysis of of that, but but yeah, I mean, there's definitely an element of like OCD or, or autism, just in terms of like the blindness of the situation or being hyper fixated on his job. And yeah, his breaks. well, and he's he has like these patterns that he follows, and it's it kind of skews more towards like what uh, popular culture thinks OCD looks like. Um, but you know, he's like washing his hands every time mm-hmm. he finishes a kill, mm-hmm. and then he like puts on the new shirt so he doesn't have an oily, bloody shirt on, and then he has to crack open the soda and chug it and play the the pinball so. Yeah, there, it's it's interesting. I, I wonder too. Okay, so how much of that? How much of the ti- is of the title is giving away? Like, is the name of the place Willie's Wonderland? Or yeah. oh, yeah. okay, so our janitor's name isn't Willie, and this is his like no Wonderland. Okay, the janitor is unnamed. He's just like you know He's the cool man guy. with no name. Cool guy. Um. Yeah. So Nick Cage in this like. Probably, I don't know if this pulls you pulls you out at all. I think there should be a law in Hollywood or just guidance of like, at a certain age, stop dyeing your hair jet black. Like, just don't, not straight jet black because it's distracting at some point. And this is one of those where it's like, come on, put a little gray in the beard at least. Because it was like, and and then it's got these odd moments where there's like these knowing glances between Nick Cage and the lead teen actress. I don't know if she's supposed to be a teenager or in her 20s, but it's like just a jarring age discre- discrepancy. You're like, mm, maybe not try to insinuate anything there with that characters or recast it with someone slightly younger than Nick Cage. Um but yeah, that that was distracting for me. Um, so he's 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 put into this situation where his car breaks down, um, and it, it's kind of similar to the House of a Thousand Corpses, where everyone's in cahoots, and you you find out more and more that everyone's in cahoots. Um, the repair place says, you know, that you, it's going to cost a thousand dollars or whatever to repair his car, but they don't take any card. He has to get cash and like, oh, I don't know, all our ATM machines are down. So uh, you got to work it off at this. I, I got a place where you can work it off at Willie's Wonderland. We're introduced to Tex Mikado or Tex McAdoo. Um, just a generic. Free, uh, fresh Texas of McAdoo. Um, and he's supposed to stay inside and clean overnight to pay for the car repairs. And then they'll appear with his car all, all nice and repaired. And that's the setup. Um, and then like the side 
the B storyline is with this uh, girl. Is it Kathy? Oh, a lady. Cat? Yeah, it's Cat. Um, and she is going to burn down Willie's Wonderland because she's on to what's happening in this town, which is they're bringing in people to sacrifice innocence to the Willie's Wonderland animatronics. Uh, that sounds riveting. And her mother is the sheriff, and the sheriff uh, chains her to something in her trailer to keep her from going out. And the first thing, the first observation I had is, is there anything that you could chain someone to in a trailer that couldn't be immediately ripped out of the wall? Like, is there anything secure enough in a trailer? Oh, that's a good question. What what kind of trailer are we talking? Are we talking like an RV? Yeah, they got some nice trailers now, so no, it's hard it was, to tell. No, it was like a, not an RV, like a trailer home. Like a, like a mobile. But, yeah, like a, a trailer home, but not like a, you know, fully finished manufactured home. It's literally like no, yeah. a are we talking, 80s, 70s trailer Yeah, home. are we talking single wide, double, or triple? Single wide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got to say that's a pretty it's yeah I, your question is relevant. I will right. it is admissible to the court. For sure. But if you're a young girl, that's it's likely that, you know, maybe it's you true. Don't wait, what? Wait, they are like no no no, I take it back. Yep. I take it back. Hang on. Wait, what are you, are you saying as, that as uh, women can't compete against grown men? No, I want to redact. Can we oh, we're cutting that, right? We're yeah. cutting that out. You know what? Um all market all market. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, th- that was uh, a part that pulled me away. And then there, there's a bunch of like, so there's a B storyline in this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, of the teens wanting to burn down. Oh, okay. And then it's just cut short three quarters like, through. Yeah. So the, the, that storyline ends with. Her friends coming to save her from the trailer, and then they all go to Willie's Wonderland, and then they're going to burn it. But then she knows that Nick Cage is in there, and they need to rescue him out of there before they burn it. And then they get caught inside, and then they all get killed except for lead team. Um, but all along the way, like, there's just a lot of cliches that happen. And this this was another one that, like, piqued my interest. And I realized, like, you ever, like just get hit in the face with a cliche and you're like, Oh yeah. Why is that kind of shorthand? And for me, it was, why does leopard print equal slut? Whoa. Like why, why is Jesus it like Christ. whenever like promiscuous young women or promiscuous women are portrayed in film, they're always wearing leopard print. I think I, I think I have, I think I got this. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So, um, for a long time in the olden days, uh, the classiest thing you could wear, um, was something's skin, right? Mm. Uh, you got fur coats and of course the more, um, rare, uh, hard to get that thing was the classier it was, you know? Um, so, and, and that, that goes for a couple different, uh, there's a couple different elements to that, you know, mink takes a lot of mink to make one coat, you know? So there's an element of that, you know, giraffe, 
Only one giraffe to make a coat, maybe. Um, maybe, maybe two. You don't see a lot of people wearing giraffe coats anymore. You know what I mean, Sweet. though. You get yeah. the now. You instantly get what I'm saying. Anyway, um, at some point, there there was a there was a moment when we started being able to print patterns, and you were like, "Oh, I can get that fancy look. I can get the tuxedo on the front of my shirt." You know, mm-hmm. like I can get the print. And then I can look classy. And so instantaneously you got all these, you know, dum-dums going out there, grabbing the print, thinking it made them classy when really it just it, it showed everybody how unclassy you really were. And then, and then it became part of the zeitgeist, you know? Mm-hmm. And now it's just – Tank the value. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's – Tank the value. There, there's that. But I mean even then, like in terms of fashion – like, I feel like, uh, again, just uh, sluts in movies always wearing leopard print. And it's like that probably was the case in like the 80s in New Jersey, but not now. I mean, I, I'm just. Uh, now it's a vibe. Think, now, now it's, you know, now it's like I'm going for an aesthetic and that aesthetic is, um, you know, Peggy from Married with Children, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, I just need. I'm. I'm just saying, we need more variety and representation of modern day young sluts. You know, I think that's there, all I'm saying. I think there's plenty of variety. We have uh, what's it called? That fans only fans. You know, like you don't. Yeah, I mean, you don't need the leopard print. You could just like, you know, I don't know what would be the equivalent of leopard print. Literally nowadays. leopard print. <laughs> No one wear. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I've never seen leopard print in the wild. Like, but I've seen plenty of fish women nets. putting it out there. Yeah, fishnets have come back. Pasties. Paste. Yeah, a lot of women out in pasties nowadays. <laughs> Walking the streets. Um, pasties. I mean yoga pants. Like oh. the yoga pants that like cut the ass in half. Man, God. God works in mysterious ways. Let me tell you. There's those. Um, there's like a there is a time for like the the baggy cut off sweatshirt that just showed under boob conveniently whenever there was a time a time. I mean, we're in the we're in the, the golden days of that, I feel. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm watching too much TikTok, I think. Let's move on <laughs> to the next topic. <laughs> Well, I think um, we should back up and talk about these these soda pops that he keeps cracking because it w- when his car breaks down, his first instinct is to go to the trunk and inspect his his collection yeah. of sodas that he has. And yeah. I do they say punch on them or is it fruit punch that he's drinking? Yeah, I got I mean in terms of the uh the branding that feels more akin to like an energy drink um than anything. But yeah, it said punch on the front. Which could be it's actually fruit punch, or it could be the brand of the soda or energy yeah, drink. Yeah, well, the the drink looked kind of dark brown mm. when he was chugging it, and it was cola. everywhere. So, yeah, okay, a cola or a root beer. Um, so this is interesting. Uh, you you said when you brought this up, Max, you said sodies. Um, this is a term popularized. Uh, some of you may or may not know, uh, by a little show um, that you can catch on the Discovery Channel or Discovery Plus, 
called Thousand Pound Sisters. Um, is this common? Is this common uh, vernacular now, Max, amongst the youth? Uh, are you calling them so? I would say so. I I don't have. You the said sodies, did you not? Are, okay, wait, wait. First, we have to establish: Are you saying it sody ironically, or is that literally? If you say, "I want a Coke," would you say, "Do you have any sody pops?" Give me sodies. I would say that if I was feeling a little goofy. Okay. Um, <laughs> goofy. Not not to someone I respect or want them to respect <laughs> me. All right. Yeah. Well, we all know where we stand now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking on IMDb in the trivia. Uh, Punch, the fictional energy drink Nicolas Cage's character drinks in the movie, has the text, a fistful of caffeine for your kisser on the can. So it was an energy drink. But yeah, he he takes to heart the uh, advice of the owner to take frequent breaks. And uh, he sets his watch to it and, and takes his punch breaks. Religiously. Um, Religiously. So in terms of like the animatronics, um, I can't even remember all of them, but there's Willie is the weasel. Um, There's a alligator. There's a gorilla. There's the. How how long would these fight sequences last? Like one minute. Yeah. What? Yeah. So what was the – was there like a big lead up to each? Were they like – was he being stalked by the alligator for a while? (laughs) (laughs) That's the amazing part is they just appear. Okay. and They just appear in a fight. Where does that hour and a half go? Like what what is the vast majority of this movie spent on? Like what is it? Cleaning. Cleaning. Are you serious? (laughs) I mean – Are you serious? It's there's no like suspense, really. I mean, there's like one or two scenes where it's like, hey, that thing kind of moved a little bit, but it's not like anything close to the setup with like Hell House LLC, where it's like, hey, wait a minute, who moved this? Who moved this doll here? Or it disappeared or like there's no like playing around with that suspense and like the or like. Um, you know, cashing in on the the Five Nights at Freddy's premise, which is like you just notice that they've moved, but you never see them moving, or that there's rules behind like where they are. My so, mind is blown. Yeah, this is blowing. It's me very away. low effort. I mean, that's what I come come back to. It's like everything else, other than Nick Cage's performance himself, is very low effort. Uh, in terms of this film. Um, But something I do like about it, though, is that he, in between the fighting sequences, there's never a point where Nick Cage gives up on cleaning the place. He just, like, he fights a guy and then kills the animatronic, and then he's just like, well, back to scrub-a-dub-dub. I'm going to go clean this bathroom now. Right. Is this set over the expanse of five nights, or is this a single night? It's a single night. This is becoming curiouser and curiouser. Okay, towards the end, like at the very end, we're given a couple scenes of exposition uh, that explains why Willy's Wonderland is the way it is. Um, And it's basically a child's play ripoff, where it's literally like, 
okay, you know how in Child's Play, the serial killer did a voodoo ritual and put himself into a doll? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of a doll, make it an animatronic, and instead of one serial killer, make it like f- eight. Okay. And the There's backstory a- is this serial killer opened this Willy's Wonderland, and he hired a bunch of other nefarious serial killers to work there, and they used it as kind of a honeypot to capture young families and take them to a back room and kill them. And then the the town finds out and comes for them, and then they do a satanic ritual and imbue their spirit forces into the animatronics. Oh, my God, stop. This is horrible. I hate right. it. But I do love that dog. What's that dog's name over here? What's that? Who you That's brought? Scouty. He watched the movie too, so he just wanted to make sure he got his input in. Scouty, what's your opinion on it? Would you say you're a bad dog, Scouty? Hmm. He hmm. actually is a bad dog. That's why he's here right now. My but- wife took our other dog to a dog pool party, <laughs> and uh, Scout doesn't play well with other dogs, so he's oh, wow. here with me. Dude, can you imagine like saying that shit in front of your kids bryce yeah no the other kid the other two are at this fun cool pool party but this one bites dude okay oh no dumb babies need the most love dumb babies need the most attention um stupid babies uh so i got i got a little thing for y'all um so nick cage you know obvious uh, when i hear or think of nick cage i go one of the biggest A-list movie actors of the 90s, also kind of of all time. Like, he's he's definitely uh, up there, right? What the fuck is going on with his career that he does all these insane know-nothing movies like A Score to Settle, Running with the Devil, Kill Chain, Primal, Grand Isle, Jiu-Jitsu. You know what I mean? And then right next to huge blockbusters like The Crudes, you know, like uh, – or or these – you know, like what – is, Bryce, do you have any insight, or Max? Do either of you guys know like why he does this proliferation I heard of work? He was strapped for cash. I, <laughs> I heard that too. He takes all the gigs he can get. Huh. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, it might be a lifestyle thing where it's like just get as much as I can, um, you know, to to keep fulfilling those obligations. But also, I think it's just kind of his personality. I think he he likes doing. He likes making movies, you know, and he's taking whatever he can get. And he's kind of a particular personality to where whenever you plug him in, it's going to be a Nick Cage movie. You know, it's not like he can be a supporting character. He's not going to be the second lead in anything because that'd be just weird. Like he would chew up all the scenery. I guess, I mean, technically in Renfield, he's... A secondary character but it's it's a nick cage movie i mean if you look at renfield you're like okay well that's nick cage's next movie um so i don't know i think it's a combination of things i think he's he's led by his own interest in things and he's interested in a variety of things and he doesn't really care that much about budget i'm sure he's not getting paid as much in willie's wonderland as he was in you know renfield crudes uh, or crudes. I really enjoy the crudes, um, and the 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 second one as well. 
Okay, well, geez, well, how, where? Um, yeah, the other the other thing that was really dis- probably one of the most disappointing aspects of this movie, which blows my mind, is that the whole concept of the Chuck E. Cheese animatronics being creepy is dependent on the herky-jerky action of the animatronics and, like, the just weird, um, uncanny valley uh, of their appearance. Let me try to pull up, like, a... Yeah, no, wait. I mean, I think I, I think I understand what you're saying, but these don't so, do that. I mean, <laughs> hold on. Uh, this screen. I mean, look at this thing. Gee, many Christmas. It's just disgusting. It's like they're not even trying to make it not terrifying. Right. You know. Yeah. Like, just look at those. I mean, these are these are friendly, but like specifically like eighties, nineties. You remember to go? Did, did you ever get to go to one of those, Max? Yeah, yeah, I went a few. Actually, I think I went quite often because I I think my grandma would take me there when she would babysit me sometimes. So I have like zero uh, memories of it, but I mm. I remember getting there. Blocked That's it all out. Huh? Um. So that whole thing where it's like. That is where the creepiness comes from. They squandered it for the uh, the entire movie. They completely squandered it because what they do is they just put people in a mascot costume. Hmm. It's obviously just people in costumes. Like they don't like edit the movement or restrict the movement of the arms or anything in any way. And literally like the one that's like the ripoff Tinkerbell is literally just someone in a, a skin tight costume. It's like, what? I'm so, I, I don't know. It just blows my mind. It's like, you just don't even understand what's creepy about these things. And like what the purpose of what the premise is telling you to do. Anyways. Sometimes, um, sometimes the patrons vote on movies that they think we will like, hoping that we'll <laughs> like them. And a lot of times they vote on movies that they know we will hate. Do you think they knew we would hate that? Do you think, they want us to hate it. Um, I think, uh, you know what? Honestly, what I think one of the major Patreon uh, selections is, I think they like to hear us being split on it. Oh. I feel like this would be a movie that people expect I would hate and that you would love, and that we that we have the discussion about it. It's and, I got to tell you, I, it sounds like I would hate it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I could, I could see a world in which you would love this movie, um, mm. but I, I don't know. We'll never know. the The ending, um, the the one kind of twist at the end is that the all of the town was in cahoots. That the sheriff was in cahoots with the the owner of this, and that they're literally like sacrificing people to it. And then the sheriff shows up and she's like, no, you're ruining everything, Nick Cage. You have to let us, you know, sacrifice people. You can't kill him or else he'll be mad. And then, of course, like in the scene where she shows up, Willie um, 
comes at her and she's like, ah, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> and, you know, she she's betrayed by Willie and gets murdered. And then, of course, Nick Cage wins in the end. The the one time where Nick Cage is like, there's even a moment where there's conflict or worry about like, oh, no, is he going to win? Is the very last battle with Willie and he actually gets hurt for like half a second. And then he just kind of like stands up and is like, oh, I'm fine. And then he kills Willie. Yeah, but you're you're downplaying how long that scene is where he's getting beat up. By it. he's he like gets scratched and he's like ah and then he gets scratched again he's like ah and he does that like 20 more times and it's That's just true. over yeah. and over flailing like this it's awesome okay well, i kind of i kind of like that part a little bit so anyways um any other observations about willie's wonderland i really like the part where he is about to have a showdown with i think it's the crocodile and he's like he has his fists up like this and then his watch starts beeping and he looks at his watch and he just walks out of the room to grab a soda and play pinball. Uh He just negates the fight. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Okay. So who final recommendations, who would like this? Um, uh, this is a pretty hard one. Like people that like oddities, like this is kind of a, one of those movies that could fall into for me like the so bad it's good if you're in the right mood and you have the right uh friends with you watching it um i wouldn't even recommend this to people that like specifically like nick cage because he doesn't have any dialogue you kind of limit how much he can do um it's an oddity in his filmography but not a must see for me um so yeah, I mean, I I think you just have to be so into the curiosity of like, what is this movie, and sit and watch it with friends that can make fun of it while you're watching it. Um, other than that, I'd say skip it. Who would you recommend it to, Max? Um, I I honestly think that if you are really into slashers, uh, this might fit that a little bit just because it, it follows the same exact formula, except for it's Nick cage beating up the bad guys. Um, I, I personally don't like slashers. Um, but I think there's a lot of your fans who love them and like Mm -hmm. obsess over them and watch everyone. And so I think if you're that kind of person, watch this and see if it scratches that itch. Cause it's pretty similar. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to a little bit we call taglines. Here's taglines. Okay, so taglines is a bit where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie we're reviewing. Um, what is the actual tagline of this movie? I'm kind of curious. The tagline is let playtime begin, which is a pretty shitty tagline for this movie. So I think we could come up with something better than that. Max, do you have any taglines ready? 
I have three taglines. And you know what? As I was preparing these, I realized it's a lot harder to come up with <laughs> taglines that could be considered maybe funny, you know? Yeah, well, your your first mistake is trying to make them good. Um, yeah. That, I think you're overestimating the amount of effort we put into it. Uh, I got four, so I'll go first. Um, uh, Willie's Wonderland. The E in Chuck E. Cheese stands for executioner. <laughs> Do you know what the E in Chuck E. Cheese actually stands for? What his middle name is? I it, is that an official thing? He has a middle uh-huh. name. His middle his full name is actually Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> nice. He fell into the right business then. Mm-hmm. Okay, Max. Um, my first one is Willie's Wonderland, an hour and a half advertisement for an obscure soda brand. Mm-hmm. I have one. Willie's Wonderland. At least it's better than Skinnamarink. Oh man. Yeah, justify your th- your three star <clears throat> your your three on the uh review. Why isn't it a two or a one? Um I mean it does resemble a movie. Huh. Like it does like it's not It does have Nick Cage also. It does have Nick Cage in it. I mean it's literally Nick Cage brings it up a point. <clears throat> oh sorry. Like, it's nowhere near like Ginger Dead Man, you know. Ooh, yeah, bad. Ooh, real bad. Okay, I have one. Twenty twenty isn't over yet, kids. That's one of the actual taglines for it. So, oh, okay, nice. Uh, my next one is Willy's Wonderland: Five Nights at Freddy's, but it's a movie now. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Willy's Wonderland. These animatronics try to eat Nick Cage's face off. <laughs> I was also going to do a face off one, but I thought you might uh, do it. Wow. That's, that's some, that is some. Did you have a last one or did we do? I got one more. Okay. Um, it's probably my worst one. Okay. Uh, Perfect. Willie's Wonderland, a world where spray paint just easily wipes off walls and mirrors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, my last one is Willie's Wonderland, watching Nick Cage clean the movie. <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned yep. about spray paint uh, from watching TikTok or uh, shorts or reels or something, it's that if you cover a surface in Vaseline, mm. you can just wipe it. You, you can spray paint everything you want and then just wipe it off. I'll be damned. Yeah. Okay, so that's our episode for today. Uh, this episode is produced by uh, me and edited by Fart Simpson. Thanks again, Fart, for uh, helping us out. Thanks to our new patrons, Jennifer L. and Jessica C. Please share the podcast with a friend. Um, let's uh, support the podcast by doing all those things that we uh, mentioned before. Uh, if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, you can also click through on our website to give us a little taste of that um special thanks to max for coming out max you want to plug your your podcast we've, we've talked about it before but uh you should probably plug it yeah my my podcast is called disc review we review albums um different album every week except for the past several weeks because we haven't done an, uh, an episode in like a month so oh no it's yeah. the death of podcast better get get up there soon max i know we're gonna never re- do it again we're gonna get back into it i've just been focusing a lot on like my music um and i just started working full time so yeah a lot of stuff eating up my time but we'll get back into it 
Cool. Um, disc review on YouTube. Is that right? Yeah, YouTube or Spotify. I mean, we usually plug YouTube, but you can find them pretty much anywhere. Cool. I have a way to play us out if you want. Um, you guys mentioned cool guys earlier, so. <laughs> yeah, let's do the cool guys outro. Cool guy has chill day. You want to do mm-hmm. that? Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Bye, everybody. We love Bye, you. Bye, everyone. Have a good week. We love you. Bye.